Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. How you doing, church? Are you good? You can be seated. Nick beat us to it. How you doing, church? Are you good? You look good. Man, I'm excited to be here tonight. I, can we, while we're here, can we just honour the worship team that led us? Praise and worship. You guys are awesome. I'm looking forward to getting you back up in about three minutes, so that'll be fun. Um, but man, it's good to be here tonight. I, I feel like, um, I was just thinking about it before when Pastor Paul was speaking, I feel like this um, fresh zeal, like there's this awakening happening in hearts, even as we're singing, we'll probably go back to that song soon, but um, I think it's beyond just excitement or enthusiasm, it actually is the presence of God. Um, and can I just encourage us tonight, whether it's your first time here ever in the building and you're just checking this thing out or whether this is like your home week in and week out, can we never get familiar with the presence of God? Um, just before, This is not my message, but I just really wanna encourage someone here tonight. You know, when I think about the Word of God, even Jesus, you know, when, when anyone that was in the company of Jesus, something dr- drastic happened. You cannot be in the presence of Jesus and not have something in your life radically altered. People in the company of Jesus and they were hungry, they got fed, they were sick, they were healed, they were even dead and now they're like some pretty good things took place when you're in the company of Jesus. And could I just encourage you tonight, um, those things that you're maybe feeling or your heart opening, that's actually the presence of God. That's actually, if, if you think about it for a moment, um, we're in the house of God. We're not just in anyone's house. This is the house of God. Um, we've even, even greater than that, we've been welcomed and embraced into God's house. Um, it, the, the word, the The tabernacle, the actual meaning of that is the dwelling place of God. This is where God dwells. He's actually, we're in great company tonight. And so could I encourage you, let's honour the presence of God by bringing our expectancy tonight. That's how we honour when we're in the company of greatness. You you bring your expectancy. And so I'm excited, man. I'm like, let's go. I'm ready to go. This is good. Um, Before I jump into the Word tonight, I'm just so excited about your 10 years. Like, can I come? Can I just come hang out? Because... Can we just honour your pastors, Pastor Paul and Kate, credible leaders, world-class leaders, you know. It's one thing to stick it out as a pastor for one year, five years, but to be leading a church for 10 years, you know, can I encourage you, you're not just in a good church or a great church, you're in a phenomenal church with integral, God-honouring, selfless, humble, people-minded leaders. So come on, let's just honour our pastors here tonight. You're so blessed with your leaders and thank you so much for having me. I feel like feel like I'm just hanging out at the dining table. Like I feel like this is my kitchen. I'm just gonna open the fridge if I can and make myself at home. Um, I even looked at my social, this is not off, on topic, but on my Instagram, you know how it comes up with reminders? Like eight or nine years ago, I was here preaching for the first time and I was thinking like, this is family, man. This is like, I'm excited. So thank you so much for having me. Are you ready for the Word of God to be open tonight? Are you expectant for what God can maybe do in your midst in the next six hours when we're here together. Um, that was a joke, by the way. I'm not going to go for that long. Um, but if you're ready for the Word of God, can I encourage you, open up the Bibles today with me to Second Chronicles chapter 7. We're going Old Testament. Somebody say OT. We're going OT tonight. And um, when I heard from Pastor Paul about um, getting the privilege to be with you tonight and the theme of what you're journeying as a church as of November, I'm excited. Up, up a room. And um, things of the Holy Spirit, moves and manifestations of the Holy Spirit, something really resonated with me immediately because I thought, what a prime topic to be speaking into out of any generation or any season in history 
Right now, we need a move of God more than we've ever seen a move of God. Long gone are the days where you just tell someone to come to church and they're coming. No, no, people in order to open up their hearts to Christ, I believe actually need a move of God in their life. They need a a physical manifestation because no longer is some podcast or some little talk gonna get them through it. They actually need the reality of Christ in their life. And so I think what an amazing topic. I'm excited to share on it tonight. Second Chronicles chapter seven, my main passage, and then we'll pray. It says here, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Let's pray together tonight. Father God, we just thank you that you are already in the room. We don't need to welcome you. We don't need to plead for you to come. We thank you, Spirit of God, that this is your house. This is where you dwell. And we just honour you right now with our expectant hearts. God, I pray that as we open up the Word of God, your living Word, that is life and truth, that you're gonna transform our hearts and you're gonna build us into your likeness tonight. Holy Spirit, we just pray, would you just have permission to do whatever you wanna do in this place? Our hearts are open, we're ready, we're hungry, we're desperate for a move of your Spirit tonight. In your mighty name, we all said, Amen. Awesome, be blessed tonight. As we read this word, I wanna encourage us, you know, um, this passage is really interesting. A lot of us may have it on the toilet door in your house, or you might have heard these words, you know, I'm sure we could all paraphrase it or say it. If my people who are called by my name will hum themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from the wicked ways, I'm gonna what? I'm gonna hear from heaven, I'm gonna heal their sin, and I'm gonna heal their land. But what's funny is, a lot of us don't know the context of who's saying this, who's it to, what's the context? So I wanna encourage you in this passage tonight. What's happening is, an amazing man called Solomon, referred by Pastor Pick earlier, which we didn't even chat this out, Nick, and you already mentioned his name. So God's clearly moving tonight, guys, by the way. Um, But I'm gonna share a story about Solomon because the Lord is talking to Solomon, but if you don't know the context of why he's talking and the exact moment he's talking, it's actually pretty paramount for what we need right now in 2020. What's happening is uh, Solomon, if you don't know, maybe you're new to Christ and you're like, who's this guy called Solomon? He's a son of an amazing man called David. You, you read a book called Psalms, he's all through it. Amazing man, known after God's own heart. And his son Solomon, he's the third king of Israel at the time. And the significant thing happens, I encourage you tonight, if you maybe don't read your Bible a lot, can I encourage you, don't just read chapter seven we're gonna read tonight. Read chapters one through to seven. It's an amazing passage. And um, And this amazing moment happens where the Lord says to Solomon, a really potent question, he says, what do you want, Solomon? And Solomon answers just as significant of an answer and says, I I want you to give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead your great people of Israel. And the Lord responds to Solomon and says, because you didn't ask for wealth or possessions, because you didn't ask for all the honor, because you didn't ask for me even to kill your enemies, which, you know, God can do anything. He was kind of open to hear what Solomon had to say. Um, because you didn't ask for all these things, you know what I'm gonna give you? Because of the character of your heart, Solomon, that you asked for wisdom and knowledge, I'm actually gonna give you that. But on top of that, I am gonna give you wealth and possession. Now, everyone say amen to that, Lord. Thank you, God. I didn't even ask for it and you're gonna give it to me. He's a good God. And so what happens is Solomon has all this wealth and he actually says, the Lord, you read it. He says, I'm gonna give you more than any king prior to you and any king after you. Hence why we all know Solomon as an amazing man of wisdom, right? It's a promise from God. Now what Solomon does with his wisdom is he builds this beautiful tabernacle. Anyone love the show, The Block? Okay, so I can't, I can't, I'm an art, like I'm a muso. I can't actually use my hands at all. Like I, my kids can hammer nails probably better than me. That's how rough I am, guys. But uh, 
I still love The Block though, which is funny. So that's my um, introduction into manhood is uh, watching The Block and uh, getting a trade via the TV. And so if, you're, if you like watching The Block like me, read chapters three to seven. Basically, it describes so many amazing things about this temple. The, the floors are made of gold. The walls is beautiful stone. It goes into literally chapters of chapters of dimensions, everything, measurements. And it's this amazing temple. Why? Because Solomon believed that if he could build a temple, a place, a tabernacle for the Lord to dwell, that through burnt offerings and sacrifices, that something significant would change, not only in his life, but the people. Like we were praying tonight and crying out in worship, come waken, not just us, but awaken your people, waken this city. Who believes here tonight? We wanna see a ripple effect go out from the manifestation from God in the room, that it's no longer just contained in our hearts, but it's now infiltrating our families, our housemates, our university, our high school friends, our every um, sphere of neighbourhood that we may be in, right? So Solomon builds this amazing temple, and you know what happens is, he asks some of his elders to, um, he sends them to Jerusalem, bring in the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, place it in the inner sanctuary known as like the most high place where the Lord would dwell. And as they step back, you read this in chapter seven, all of a sudden the Lord appears as they start to cry out, for he is a good God and his love endures forever. And as they do that, the Lord appears in a cloud of glory in the room. Now, this isn't just some hocus pocus cute story. No, no, you read it. He physically manifests in this place. And it actually says that the priests didn't even know how to continue on with the service. So it's like us tonight, and Pastor Paul's up here trying to, yep, we're leading the moment, God's moving. And then he's like, I, the glory of God's so strong. Who's the guy that's gonna come up and do offering? I the run sheet's out the door. Basically, the priest's like, we don't even know what to do because we're not just singing to a distant God. No, no, he's in the room. The manifestation, the glory of God was in the room. I don't know if there's anyone like you, if you're similar in my heart, like you're just longing for God to manifest tonight. Like even as we're crying, I'm like, God, please reveal yourself physically. That'd be like amazing. And we're actually hungry for that. Um, can I encourage you to like, just open your faith a little bit and just stretch about like, maybe God could manifest himself to you tonight. Maybe you haven't just come for another like nice 6 p.m. service. Maybe God's like, no, no, tonight's the night that you're gonna hunger and thirst for greater things. And I want to reveal myself to you because I'm madly in love with you, right? And so this moment happens. And then do you know what happens? It says here in, um, just before the passage we read that Solomon does something that every great leader should do. This is probably part of your ministry college training is when the service is just stuffed, the run sheet's out the window and they're like, we don't know what to do or continue. Solomon prays. So that's a good thing. That's always a good thing to do. When like God's in the room, let's do something. Let's pray. Okay. Um, hey God, uh, thanks for coming. This is really significant. You're in the room. And so then as he prays, something else significant happens. And we're gonna, let's read it together actually. Chapter seven, verse one. If you just wanna go back a few scriptures. And it says here, when Solomon finished praying, so he's prayed, he's seen a cloud of glory. Now fire comes down from heaven, second manifestation, and consumes the burnt offering and sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord fills the temple. Now the priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord that was filling it. Now let's just pause there for a moment. One moment he's in the temple, and everyone's like, what do we do? Holy moly, the Lord is here. The second moment he's like, oh, you thought that was cute? That's cool. I'm now gonna bring fire from heaven, and now people even outside of the temple cannot even get into the temple. Right, And then it says here in verse three, when all of the Israelites saw the fire coming down. So let's hang on a sec. It's not just for you and I, it's for the people of our city. It's the people in our neighbourhoods, the people in our workplaces. When people outside of even this building that you and I may be praying for and diligently pursuing the heart of God that they would open up their heart to Christ one day, it's all the Israelites 
saw the fire come down, the glory of the Lord from above the temple. They knelt on the pavement, their faces on the ground. Let's just pause there. We're so blessed with aircon tonight. Like, we've got carpet here tonight, guys. Come on. You know what I mean? They're on the pavement back there, on the cement, and their faces, they're spread out because of the glory and the manifestation of God. They knelt on the pavement, their faces on the ground, and they worshipped once again, giving thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good, and His love endures forever. Now, what happens then? You're like, wow, this is getting kind of pretty real. Like, God's really rocking up at City Edge on a Sunday night. This is pretty cool. Then what happens is Solomon then goes home, back to his palace, and manifestation number three, the Lord appears to him. And he says the words that we started with tonight. Verse 14, if my people who are called by my name. So this is the Lord speaking to Solomon. He's physically appeared to Solomon. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will, now I don't know if he wasn't hearing from heaven already. I'm like, God, uh, we've heard from you. Like you rocked up in a cloud and now fire. Like if you're saying like you want me to, like and if you want me to hear from heaven, like I would already call that a pretty good night. Like at City Point, that'd probably be ticked off as a revival. If he rocks up, we're like, good, that's a pretty good 6 p.m. Um, but the Lord's here saying, you know what, Solomon, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then that's when you're really gonna hear me here from heaven, and I will forgive your sin and I will heal your entire land. Verse 15, now my eyes, I love that the Lord says this to Solomon, now my eyes will be open, my ears attentive to the prayers offered in that place. Now I wanna encourage you here tonight, what does this place look like? What's the place of your heart look like? What's this house look like? Because the Lord's ears are wanting to be open and attentive. His eyes are wanting to look down and say, oh, the prayer's offered in that place. That's where I'm free to manifest myself. The faith lifted up in that place. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm welcomed into that place. Rather than being a, a person or a heart that's maybe a bit disenfranchised and a bit analytical of, oh, I don't really like that song or that smoke machine's a bit too full on for me or, oh, I'm not sure that preaching, Pastor Nick's offering message, a bit too prosperous. You know, all these things. Or maybe, maybe your heart would be softened and say, Lord, whatever it is of this empty vessel, I choose to humble myself. I choose to pray. I choose to seek your face. I choose to turn, not even just look out. I'm going to turn from wickedness and I'm going to pursue the heart of God. The Lord says to Solomon, you thought that was a good night. You thought that was a manifestation. But these are the key ingredients if you want me to manifest because then I'm going to hear from heaven. When I read this, it challenged my heart. And I wanna encourage us just in a few moments of some key ingredients that I believe is what the Lord looks for in order for us to see a manifestation like we've never seen before. You know, what's interesting to me is when they've just had this amazing revival night, the Lord speaks to Solomon, basically speaks about repentance. Out of everything, not you need a big ministry speaker to come in from, you know, over in Uganda to come and preach. You need a big band. Um, You need the TV uh, media people rocking up if you're going to have revival. No, no, he says, "Uh, Solomon, you know what you need? You need to humble yourself and pray. He's basically saying, you know what? I want to see the posture of your heart is more important than the external. I know in the external what you offered to me, that uh, that, um, burnt sacrifices and offerings lifted up to me was significant. But actually, let's talk about the posture of your heart for a moment. And I believe right now in 2020, more than ever, there's a revival of repentance taking place across the global church. In fact, I would even say the key ingredient for revival is repentance. If you wanna see a revival, it starts with people on their knees repenting before God. One of the key ingredients to repentance is humility. Now this is interesting because we live in a day and age where almost humility, people don't even, it's almost like a foreign concept. 
a few reasons. One, we live in a modern day surrounded by, you know, the pressures and social um, conditioning of social media where we've got a young generation, millennials, um, and even people that are elderly, I would say too, that are all of a sudden finding these new restrictions where we're finding people with literally cognitive diseases called comparison and uh, cognitive issues of self-image dysmorphia where all the time we are just putting up our very best. We don't want anyone to see any bad angles. Uh, we're like, how can I warp my, my tummy or my face structures to look amazing, right? So we've got this new day generation with new social pressures like never before. And as a result, the, the concept of even being humble on your social media or not putting your, your front face forward at all times is almost like a foreign concept. Um, even within the church, we've got a fatherless generation because the enemy's smart and he's been attacking the family unit, particularly marriage, for many years now. And as a result, we've got kids growing up without a parent figure, so they're being led by their peers because they don't have an, a mature figure actually teaching them how to live and how to conduct your life. They're being led by people their own age. And so all of a sudden, there's this misconception of what even is humility. Like if the Lord's asking us to humble ourselves, then we need to understand what is humility? Because if that's gonna open the windows of heaven tonight, if that's actually what the Lord's requiring of you and me tonight, so it's like, oh, I wanna come and meet you, Chardon. I just want you to humble yourself first. And here we are saying, well, what's that word? What's, what's humility? Um, like, when was the last time you were in a conversation with someone and they say, hey, can I just apologize? You know, the other day when we were chatting, I just felt like the way I spoke to you was actually like really stressful or like kind of malice. Like, it was actually a bit disgusting. You're so like, you're so amazing and valuable. I'm so sorry the way I spoke to you was actually so inappropriate. I just wanna apologize. Like, all of a sudden, people, people don't know what to do when you apologize. They're like, oh, it's fine, um, this is weird. What are, you, what are these words coming in your mouth being like really nice to me and taking ownership of your poor character a few days ago? Like, it's almost like a foreign concept, right? But we as the church, we as the representation of Christ, it should be a part of our daily life where we're happily to repent and apologize for people that we miss um, communicate with or even our judgments of them. I just want to apologize the way I like perceived you and even like even spoke to someone about you. That's so disgusting because you're actually so incredible. Who, what was that? You know, that sort of thinking is what the Lord actually, it's like actually a key ingredient to see revival move through our nations is actually a people with a heart of humility. Um, you know, when you study humility, the antonym of humility is actually pride. It's the complete opposite. So pride and repentance can never coexist. You, you, you can't actually be living a life of repentance if you live with pride, that they're like completely enemies. So to me, I think it's interesting if we're talking about revival and talking about the moves of God, can I encourage slash challenge you tonight? Let's check our hearts and let's do like David said and said, Lord, search me out. Lord, I give you permission to search every facet of my life. I humble myself, I'm on my knees saying, make me into your likeness. Not only that I may be a better person, but for the sake of our city, for the sake of my families that do not yet know you, for the sake of my brother that I'm praying for salvation, would you humble me, God? Would you make me someone of pure and contrite spirit? Humility is gonna go a long way. Romans 12 verse two, a lot of us know this. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. What is repentance? What does it mean? to repent. I love in 1 John 1 verse 9, it says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from unrighteousness. Now, can I encourage you tonight, if you study the word repentance, repent, if you break it down, is actually two things. The word re means to go back or in other words, like to repeat, return actually, it says to your first 
Then when you read and study the word pent, it actually means return to the one on high. It's almost where a penthouse comes from, pent. So if you put re and pent together, it's basically saying return to your first love, return back to your Father who is most high. So when you repent, this is the good thing, you don't need to be wallowing or, oh my goodness, I'm a horrific person the way I spoke to him. No, no, you've just repented to man and to God. You're now actually seated in the greatest position you could be. You're seated in righteousness with God. You have a pure heart. Let's get going. So for me, I'm like, if, if there's ever been a night for you to maybe repent or maybe get on your knees or actually ask, Lord, I wanna be in right standing with you. You know, you know me and all my goodness and all my stuff ups, but I just wanna be really transparent with you. Would you actually clean this complete mess up? And thank you that I don't have to spend a year trying to get you know, back out of bankruptcy, but actually it's in a moment of pure repentance that all of a sudden I'm back on the penthouse, I'm back in right standing. With you, that's the beautiful thing about our God. You don't need some three-hour prayer sesh tonight. Literally in a few moments as we're gonna worship, God's gonna say, hey, do you, do you want me to move in your life tonight? Um, do, you, do you wanna let me into the, like, I'm knocking on the door of your heart. And um, whether you like it or not, I know what's going on in your life, but I actually really care about those things. You might think you're a messy or a unpolished kind of person. You know, you might even say to me, oh, child, that's so good for so many people here, but you don't know my situation. You know, I'm a bit of a messy, like I've got a bit of a scenario, I've got a few kids, I've got a few different things from different, you know, you don't know my past. No, 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 I wanna encourage you, Jesus knows all about your past and he's still madly in love with you. He's actually, he looks at you, he actually sees himself in his own image. Like when he looks at you, he sees his beautiful bride-to-be. But sometimes it's you and I getting out of stinking thinking of thinking we have to be on our knees forever, repenting for the same thing. But immediately once you repent, you're back in right standing with the Lord, which is the goodness of it. And it makes no sense, because if you know my backstory, there's a lot of, um, yeah, anyway, let's not preach about that. But I'm sure we've all got a story. My pastor, Pastor Mark Ramsey, back in um, Brisbane at City Point, he talks about sin really well. And he says, you know, sin isn't just about good or bad or being naughty or being great. Actually, if you view sin through the lens of Christ, it's about what's actually good for you, what's actually gonna bring you life versus death. So when someone's maybe smoking outside, you know, some of us might go, oh, smells a bit, his teeth are gonna get yellow, but that's okay. You know, some of us might go, oh my goodness, smoking for starters out front of City Edge. Does he not realize this is a tabernacle? You know? Meanwhile, God actually doesn't look at that man or woman like that. He doesn't see like naughty versus good. He just sees sin through the lens of what's healthy for your life will bring life to your life versus what will bring death to your life. So that actually maybe might not be a great decision for your life or someone that's in an abusive relationship or an alcoholic abuse. He doesn't look at you and say, oh, you've drunk again. No, he just says, I don't know if that drink's gonna bring you life. I've actually got a way better life for you. Um, but the way we perceive sin is sometimes a bit warped or different. You know, repentance sometimes is seen as a weakness to repent, especially for some men, as a sign of like weakness. But actually the Bible tells us, where is it? Let me find it here. The goodness of God leads us to repentance is what the Word of God says. And so for you and I tonight, could I encourage you that maybe your manifestation of God or your breakthrough moment tonight is actually gonna come out of a heart on your knees praying for the Lord to be with you right standing. Humility and repentance. Another key ingredient, let's read it again. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, repentance, but it also says will pray and seek my face. You know, prayer is powerful. Prayer actually does move mountains. Proverbs 18, it tells us that life and death is in the power of our tongue. Man, we need to use it more in the right way. If this tongue can speak 
a situation that currently doesn't exist but will soon exist as a result of me using this thing. I'm a fool to not use this thing, right? Actually, when we read it further on in Proverbs, it talks about be careful how you use it though because it can lead to death. So for me and you, can I encourage that prayer is really powerful. Tonight, you can put this thing called your tongue to really good use tonight. You can see circumstances that look pretty grim turning to remarkable within moments by you praying. Let's talk about seeking the face of God. You know the word seek means to diligently pursue. It's not just a once-off seeking. My prayer for you tonight is not that tonight you'll go, all right, tonight's my night. I'm laying it all before the Lord. Come and move in this place. And then tomorrow you're the same stinking Joe on a Monday morning. No, 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 my prayer is that when you get on your knees tonight, it's a diligently pursuing the heart of God day after day. Because we don't want just a manifestation for a moment. We want it to be a movement that carries us through our livelihood, right? So this, these words when we say, oh, yeah, yeah, God, I seek you. Yeah, that felt good. No, no, do we understand what seeking means? It actually means to lay down your life. Uh, we read here in Hebrews 11, he rewards those who diligently, it's a daily Daily things, seek Him. Later on in Hebrews 12, let us run the race with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He he doesn't say, let's run the race with preservations. I think sometimes we read this and go, perseverance, just take it easy, day by day. It's a long race. Let's just cruise through it and have a few water breaks and she'll be right, right? Now, Australian culture, it wasn't run the race with preservations. It wasn't run the race being tentative and cautious to dive into the things of God. It wasn't run the race, but serve once every six months and contribute in that way and tick the box called serving the Lord. No, no, it actually says run the race with perseverance, which is actually daily. You might be like, oh, they asked me to serve on the greeting door once a week. Oh my goodness. Then they don't realise COVID's happened. Like, I've been on my couch every Sunday for six months. So now to get back on a serve team, oh my goodness, it's huge. Oh, actually, try doing it daily. Uh, Maybe that's just like one small way to serve the Lord, which is actually quite important. It's quite significant. You're the front face of the house of God. It's actually quite an honour to be even asked to be given that position, to actually be the first face to people that may be walking in that hate God or have a lot of fears or questions about God and COVID. And they have all these preconceived ideas of who His people are as well. They're not too sure if they're like us. They walk in and they meet you and you're full of peace. For some reason, mid-COVID, you're full of joy. For some reason, your, your greeting isn't artificial. It's actually a really genuine, I'm so glad you're here. Like, we're so honoured. What an honour that you're here. Sorry, what's your name? I don't, I don't even need to know your name before I know it's an honour that you're in my house. Like, you know, maybe your serve role is a lot more significant into the life journey of someone that you don't realise is about to become someone that's really significant in the Kingdom of God for generations. And all it was was, you know, Pastor Nick asked you to maybe serve on the door on a Sunday. But to seek God, it's actually not even just on a Sunday, if I could just get really honest. It's actually Monday morning in your workplace. It's actually when you're like, you walk into your, your workplace and say, I'm actually a servant of God today. Um, I'm actually a pastor today in my industry. I'm actually here to make disciples today. I'm not here to just make some coin or now some nails on a hat. No, no. Oh, I'm actually not here just to type or do some law case. No, no. I think maybe heaven's perspective is I'm actually here as an ambassador, a representation of Jesus Christ in 2020 in this area. That's what seeking the Lord actually means. And so in this amazing moment, fires happen, the clouds come, people don't know what to do. They go home from church like, damn, good night. Like that was fire. Like I'm going back to 6 p.m. next week. Like, And here the Lord says to Solomon, oh no, I'd love you to pray. I'd actually love you to get on your knees and seek my face. I'd actually love you to turn from your wicked ways and then I'm gonna hear from heaven. Then I'm gonna heal your sin. And then I'm gonna heal this whole land that you've been praying for. If the worship team could come, we're just gonna close with this. 
Matthew 16, amazing passage. Jesus speaking, He says to His disciples, He says to you and I, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life is gonna lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. Now, I don't know what COVID's been like for you. Can I just be really honest tonight, Pastor? Like, anyone else enjoyed just sitting on the couch and like for me, I think I gained like 33 kilos it felt like and ate way too much food and find myself in this like weird place where I couldn't even visit people or I, I couldn't do things that I normally would do. And after time I was like, this is horrific. But then after more time I was like, I think I like this privacy. Like, you know, it's like became this weird mental state of like, oh, this is everything I'm against um, to like, oh, this is what it's like to be home seven nights a week in my pajamas any time of the day, eating anything I want and not being even asked, not even allowed to go to my workplace. Am I, am I in heaven? Like, what is, what is this place, right? But then what happens over time is all of a sudden we're giving ourselves like self-gratification and the pleasures of the flesh that in some ways are maybe healthy. Like for me, there's some healthy things. Uh, recalibrating the dinner table with my family was healthy. Not being away out every night of the week was actually healthy. Reevaluating my values and the way the Lord actually wants me to be a minister is ministering firstly to serve and disciple my kids and honour my wife, right? So some things are healthy, but then you get to this point where all of a sudden this is becoming unhealthy. Now all of a sudden I don't wanna leave the house. Now all of a sudden I don't wanna be on my knees in the morning praying to the Lord when I used to. Now on a Sunday, oh, I have to get up early and be in the house of God. And things start to shift. Can I just, I felt strongly in my heart when driving there's people here tonight and the Lord wants to wake you up, but not in a bad way, not like a wake up and abruptive, you know, like my, my five-year-old does sometimes in five in the morning. I'm like, thank you so much for my alarm. That was great. Uh, not meaning in that way. It's in a gent, I feel like it's almost the sweet voice of the Holy Spirit. And he's, he's, he's knocking on your heart and he, he's actually quite patient. He actually carries the fruit that he asks us to carry. It's his nature, it's his DNA, love, joy, peace, pain. This is who he is. And he's actually quite patiently knocking on our hearts, say, hey, hey, um, let's get back to the gym. Um, and I don't just mean like the actual gym, just the gym of your life. Let's clean some things up. Um, hey, that book's getting a bit dusty. It's actually gonna bring you life. Um, let's just open it and just have a conversation together. Hey, there's some people on your heart that you keep thinking about, that couple you keep thinking about. Why don't you actually give them a call? Versus just thinking, oh, they keep coming up in my mind. Like, no, maybe you should reach out. That person that you know is struggling with money financially, Maybe it's trying to get back in those old habits of when you lived a, a generous lifestyle and then you watch your own life be enlarged. You know, there's these things, there's this sweet, beautiful knocking of the Lord saying, hey, I've got a greater plan for your life. I've actually got really significant things ready for you. Don't even wait for 2021. I think it happened right now in November 2020. It's really significant, but it's actually these little things. These little things of like, will I get on my knees? Or will I just pray to God standing? Oh, if there wasn't carpet, would I actually get on my face and sing His love endures forever, even in a circumstance that I might be facing? Oh, do I really need to disciple someone in November of 2020, or should I just wait for the new year when the New Year's resolutions? But yet there's this young man or young woman or single father or single mother that's coming into church and you see their hands full of kids and you're like, I really feel like I need to just reach out and love that person and say, hey, can I help you in any way? Uh, you know these. You know those little voices. Can I encourage you, for the sake of our lives, never disregard that voice. 
never make it a thing that you just put off your conscience all the time to the point that when he then speaks to you, 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 you don't even res respect the voice that it's coming from. Let's just stand to our feet tonight. I really pray tonight that um, as we repent and as we get on our knees and as we seek the face of God tonight like we never have before, when we come with that desperation of God, I need you even more than my body even realizes. I need you way more than my mind is even acknowledging. I need the wonder and the glory and the majesty and the sovereignty of the God of all of heaven and earth. I need you so much more than my body is probably even aware of. I think when we acknowledge the magnitude of God, all of a sudden we realize how in need we are. And I wanna encourage you tonight, as we're on this journey, this thing called life, the Lord's heart is pleased. I just sense so, yeah, it just resonates. There's people here tonight, it's almost like you're not sure if the Lord's pleased with you. I wanna encourage you, He's pleased with you. He, he is actually in awe of His creation. That he, he doesn't make something and it goes to waste. He doesn't make a, oh, that was a bit of stuff up. No, 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 He's made you perfectly the way He's individually made every single one of us uniquely. It's on purpose and He actually wants you to tap into your uniqueness. He's actually wanting you to lift your head and to get a bit of confidence back because you're actually a son or a daughter of God Almighty. That's who you always like. Let, let's just get on with this thing. Let's actually reach the Sunshine Coast for Jesus. Let's reach Calandra. There's people longing for the truth and you've got it inside your heart. And so tonight, just with, um, just with every eye closed, just take a moment, church. God, we just thank You first. Your presence is here. I thank You that we don't manufacture Your company. There's no um, comparison to the magnitude of God Almighty in the room. And Father, we just thank You. We humble ourselves. I just wanna pray for people, just with every eye closed. If you're here tonight, and um, just as I'm speaking, or maybe it was even as Pastor Paul was speaking, or Pastor Nick, or the, the music before, you know, there's this, throughout the night, you've had this prompting on your heart, and it, I, I wanna encourage you, if you're not walking with Jesus, if you can't honestly say, hey, Chardon, uh, I'm a Christian. Uh, Jesus is the Lord of my life. He's, he's my God, He's my firm foundation. He's where I put all my trust in. If you can't say that, Honestly, I wanna let you know tonight, you've got to, I wanna give you a great opportunity to receive Jesus. And um, in fact, this decision you're about to make, it's the most significant and greatest decision you'll ever make in your life because right now you're filled with a room of people that are praying on your behalf and that have walked a life really probably similar to yourself, once in need of a Saviour, once lost, but then found all in a moment. It's not this nine-year manufacturing process of turning you into a good person. It's not that. It's actually in an immediate moment of asking Christ to come into your heart. He's immediately gonna make you a brand new creation tonight. And He wants to eradicate those fears, those um, thoughts of condemnation, those thoughts of lack. And He actually wants to fill you with His peace and His joy. And it's by the Spirit of God. And it makes no sense. I know when I received Jesus, it literally made zero sense. I was so undeserving, so unworthy that a God so pure and kind would want to come in my heart. And no one's watching right now. Every eye's closed. I want to invite you in this moment. This is really significant. A lot of us in the room have been through this exact moment, beautiful moment of receiving Jesus. And no one, friend, can take this from you. This is your decision. If you're here tonight and you say, I, I don't feel like I'm walking with Jesus. I, honestly, I'm not a Christian, but I want to invite Jesus into my heart then tonight we would love to invite you. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. Nothing crazy. We're not gonna put like a spotlight on you or put your name up on it. No, nothing like that. This is between you and Christ. 
but this is so significant that I would hate to not know who I'm praying for. I'd love you in a moment. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand if that's you. Maybe this is the first time you've ever invited Jesus in, but maybe you've, maybe friend, you're here tonight and you've done this once before. I wanna encourage you, this could be the last time you ever have to do this again. You can make this and be a lifelong decision to walk with Jesus. He loves you so much, friend. He's, he watches you daily. He's madly in love with you and longing to be in relationship with you, longing that you would open up your heart and let Him in. If you're here tonight, whether it's the first time or you've done this before, just raise your hand. If you wanna receive Jesus tonight, just raise your hand right where you are. Just lift it up high so I can see who you are as you open up your heart to Jesus tonight. As I look from left to right, awesome, I see your hand. God bless, amazing. Awesome, young lady, I see your hand as well, amazing. Amazing decision. Is there anyone else here tonight as well that wants to receive Christ? Wow, what a precious moment. This is such a significant moment. Awesome, let's, let's just lift our eyes for a moment. Friends, I just wanna say that was the greatest decision you've ever made and ever will make. We're so thrilled for you and we, we wanna pray with you. Is that okay, just this moment, we're gonna pray as a church for you right now. Father God, we thank You that You sent Your Son, Jesus Christ, to pay the ultimate sacrifice that we can walk with You in right standing, that we can walk free and whole. And I just pray for these ones right now. I thank You, God, that You forgive every sin, every mistake. I thank You that right now You're making them a brand new creation. Spirit of God, I pray right now as they open up their hearts, Spirit of God, would You come fill them from head to toe. I thank You that You see them as Your children. You see them now as Your son and Your daughter tonight and that their life will be significantly altered as a result of becoming a Christ-like, a follower of Jesus Christ. I thank You, God, that this moment is just the beginning of a lifelong journey with You, making disciples, shifting a nation for Your glory. In the mighty Name of Jesus, we all said, Amen and Amen. Come on, let's celebrate with these two. Amazing, amazing moment. Congratulations, we're so excited.